0: On this episode of the Heat Check, the play-ins are over. We are into the real deal Coquille, <laughs> the playoffs. <laughs> Most of you guys don't know what the Coquille River is, but that's it's an inside joke, but real deal Coquille, baby. We talk about some of the major storylines and outcomes of the first games, of the first round of the playoffs, and we already have major tea and major drama, we have scuffles, we have... The birds flipping the birds at the garden. It's officially playoff time. Like real playoffs, real deal, coquille playoffs. So do me a favor and drop that beat. Okay. The play-ins are done, folks. They are done. That means we've got 1-8s and eights perfectly set up. We've got the Pelicans playing the Suns. And we got the Hawks playing the Heat. Both of them probably going to be light work. Unfortunately for the Clippers, because the Clippers should be in this spot, which would have set up for an elite 8-1 matchup, a, a battleground from the Western Conference Finals last year. But of course, my man, playoff P is the gift that keeps on giving and can't even get to the playoffs. Playoff P is now play in P. Mm. Fucks around and gets COVID. COVID! How do you get COVID between game one of the play in game and game two? You lose in Minnesota. What were you doing there? There's not even any good strip clubs in Minnesota, in Minneapolis for you to go and shenanigan. You know he's married. He's married to his former stripper. He's married, has kids with her. So there's not even any of that in order to, like, entice you. And then he would have gone back to L.A. to play his own home playoff game against the Pelicans. And no, COVID. (sighs) And as a quick aside, the win that the Pelicans eked out over the Clippers was was actually personal to me. Very personal. Extremely personal. Personal to me. All right, so now that the Pelicans go to the first round, they are now not lottery eligible. So they get no lottery balls, which means that the Blazers do not get their lottery pick from pick five to 14. What pick do you think we get, you might ask? Probably next year, right? Like a next year's first for the Pals will still be bad? No, sir. We get the 2025 First-round pick, we have to wait till 2025. First-round pick, but not the Pelicans' first-round pick. It's the Milwaukee Bucks' first-round pick, so it's probably going to be pick 30. (laughs) Fuck that. The defending champs pick, that's the one that we get. And, of course, which made it equally – this is a total aside – which made it equally painful for me – was there were how, how many former Blazers were on those two teams. It was sickening. You had, on the Clippers, you had Robert Covington. You had my man Norm Powell. You had Nick Batum, old oh, way back Blazer, d and up. Literally, like, do something, Nick Batum. And, of course, Club Trillion, Tony Snell on that team. Four former Blazers on the Clippers. Also, C.J. McCollum on the Pels, Larry Nance Jr., on the Pels, both eating, fuck that, gross, gross, so yeah, we'll get back to that, we've got some storylines, but the matchup that I care the most about, well, the matchups that I care the most about, two sevens, the two sevens are elite, number two Celtics versus the seven Nets, and damn, did that not disappoint, that was everything that we could have asked for and more Kyrie nuclear Celtics escape on everything that you want them to do. Right. All the while they've been succeeding through ISO ball, but no, not this time. They made extra pass extra after extra pass. They were pump faking. We had Marcus smart pump fake out of a three, which he loves threes. He took 10 that night, uh, by the way, uh, took a pump fake, and found a Jason Tatum cutting to an Al Horford. Come on now, with like literally zero seconds on the clock. Jason Tatum, strapped KD, held him to more tor- turnovers than points in the first half. What? On Easter, first and foremost, also, we already know. Because that wasn't even close. It wasn't even close to that being the only thing that was at hand. Let's talk about Kyrie and the Boston Celtics fans. Because he would like to tell us that there is no hostility. <laughs> he said it to Nick Friedle. It's not hostility, bro. I'm not sure what it is, but it's something. <laughs> Ky, at one point, just for those who are listening to the podcast, aren't fully up to speed on, on history. They're not like, it's not fully in the forefront of their mind. Kyrie Irving was supposed to play the remainder of his career out in Boston. He was traded from the Cavs, and he wanted to go to a, a, a place with multiple uh, banners, which the Nets have, have none. But he wanted to go somewhere with multiple banners for a chance to make his own route, and things got toxic fast. He, he said if you guys will have me I'm am planning to sign the extension. It was on like one of the first games of the season. He announced it in front of the crowd. Everybody, ah, "Kyrie! Kyrie, we love you!" Ah, ah. And then all of a sudden him and Terry Rozier are fucking around and beef. You've got issues with everything. Like he's mailing it in after an injury plagued year the year before. Kyrie then ends up leaving on his own accord, as we know, not staying the remainder of his career as the Boston Celtics. Celtics fans, big mad, big, big mad. Because you, did you see him? Because did you see him? Imagine putting Kyrie Irving in that lineup. Mmm, what? Excuse me? Marcus Smart off the bench? Kyrie Irving starting point guard? Derek White in the mix? Al Horford? Ugh, What? So yeah, they're salty. They're salty balls. So he comes back to the garden. He's always burning Palo Santo or whatever before he comes and plays there just to get the bad juju out. So he comes and plays in the first round last year, stomps on Lucky, the Boston logo, puts everybody in a, a big big baby Davis, then gets involved. Look it up. It was just a lot of fanfare. And he gets a lot of hate now, obviously. A fan also later threw a bottle at Kyrie in Game 4 last year. Things highly charged, we'll say. Not hostile, highly charged. It's probably the best best way of putting it. So, yeah, you knew this playoff was going to be intense. They've got the win-or-go-home mentality. They were a playing team pretty much most of the year because Kyrie Irving doesn't want to get vaccinated. And holy shit was it ever intense. 17 lead changes in the game. Back and forth, all day. Who's going to win? Kai historic 39 points six for ten from three five rebounds six assists four steals one block and boy was he not quiet about it he was not quiet about it fans were heckling him all night Kyrie flipped him off at minimum four times I don't know if you want to count the double the double flip as one or two hard to do math school on that folks then at halftime, a fan was like, Kyrie, you suck. And he said what? He said, what did he say? He said, thank you so much for your support. No. He said, suck my dick, bitch. That's what he said. He, that's what he said. I didn't make that up. That's not like my synopsis. That's a direct quote. Also, come to, come to find out, it was probably five flip-offs because there was a leg- legendary behind-the-head double bird. The double bird. Best part, though between in terms of the drama was the post-game ask about the drama that Kyrie Irving simply didn't want any part of let's hit that clip
1: it looked like there were a couple times where you gave the fans uh, the finger I'm curious was there anything that you thought crossed the line today and are you the kind of guy that gets motivated by kind of going back and forth with the fans Do you kind of use that internally as uh, something to fire you up Look, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just... Where I'm from, you know, I'm used to all these antics and people being close nearby. Um, you know, it's nothing new when I come into this building and what it's going to be like, but it's the same energy they have for me, and I'm going to have the same energy for them. And it's not every fan. I don't want to attack every fan, every Boston fan, but, um, you know, when people start yelling pussy and bitch and fuck you and all this stuff is but so much you can take uh, as a competitor and um you know we're the ones expected to be docile and be humble and take a humble approach nah fuck that, that's the playoffs this is what it is you know I, i've i know what to expect in here and it's the same energy i'm giving back to them it is what it is i'm not really focused on it it's fun you know what i'm saying and, like like again, this, where I'm from, I, I've dealt with so much. So coming in here, it, you relish it as a competitor, and, and this is again, uh, you know, I'm gonna keep repeating myself when I say it again. But this isn't my first time in TD Garden. So what you guys saw and what you guys think is as entertainment, or the fans think is entertainment, all is fair in competition, you know. So if some somebody's gonna call me out of my name, I'm gonna look at them straight in the eye and see if they really bout it. Most of the time, they're not. Kyrie, to that point, do you feel like the hostility that you get still? Let's not let's not focus on this. Like, ask me questions about the game. Like, a, it's not about the fans. The no, fans are not playing a, from a basketball standpoint. Yeah. Do you feel like the hostility you get? There's you- no hostility, bro. It's basketball. Well, you were flicking some people off. I'd say that's some hostility. From what? What? What point? Are you guessing that that's hostility or like well, hostility for me is play play like growing me. up? Well, we've never seen that from you this season, where you are running down the floor, flicking people off. This is the first time you actually caught it because it's a big time game. I respond in different ways. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to focus on that. If you want to ask me questions about the fans, go ask them. Go on the street and ask them questions. Right. But I'm asking from your perspective, from a basketball perspective, do you feel like the hostility that you get? It's not from hostility, fans, bro. Do you feel like the energy you get from fans in this building brings it. the best from you? Embrace it. Embrace it. It's the dark side. Embrace it.
0: No one's talking enough about the fact that Kyrie Irving's definition of hostility is wrong. That, what's going on? Let's, like, quickly do a little, just a little, like, Google search on the word. Because, um, unfriendliness, opposition, conflict hostility all those three things true also did you notice Kyrie Irving tried this isn't even a part of what we were planning on talking about but he tried to bring it back around to his struggle again his life his uh, I don't know we've all gone through things we've all seen things that maybe aren't on Wikipedia but listen what I can google about Kyrie Irving is that he lived in Melbourne Australia a suburb of Q before relocating when he was 2 years old because his dad played basketball folks he had he- i'm not even going to go into it cuz i don't know enough i'm just going to say upon first glance that seems upon first glance i want to make sure that everyone knows i'm not i didn't dig into this and say it was a lie i'm just saying it's it's suspect to me that's all it's just a little Suspect to me. No hostility, incorrect sir. Anyway, the shit is gonna be lit every game, especially at the Garden. I hope we get four games at the Garden and we will get four 40 point performances from Kyrie Irving and they're gonna need every one for them to win this series. My God, has it been fun already. Let's move forward. The other series that has gotten everyone else's attention is in the West. I try to tell y'all it's the best series. Memphis somehow gets out-grizzlied by the Minnesota Timberwolves. Wolves, grizzlies. Who can be more fierce? Who would I take? Probably a grizzly. They're bigger. They're a much bigger creature than a wolf. One-on-one matchup, tough. Power ranking, grizzly goes up to the top. More than a sun. I don't know. When you get too close to a sun, they burn the shit out of you, though. The sun is supreme. And, by the way, A buck gets hit by car all the time like that's a. anyway who would have thought that there was a exactly what is a net like what is this little fucking net on a on a lot of rim what's this flimsy ass what's this flute jazz anyway who would have thought there was a tougher deeper team than the memphis grizzlies not me for those who haven't been properly introduced allow me to introduce you to not your daddy's or your uncles, Minnesota Timberwolves, they are young, they are owned by A-Rod, they are hungry, and they have Michael Jordan on the team, apparently. (laughs) To the shock of everyone, they are hard as coffin nails. I said this series was going to be my favorite, and game one was not a disappointment, but it was a surprise. I mean, the fact that they were in, basically had the game in hand, the 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 wolves the entire time was shocking i for one did not see kitty cat coming out like a junkyard dog abusing jaron jackson but also abusing more importantly steven adams the the toughest guy in the nba that people say is like that could win a strongman competition to the point where they had to sit adams ass down on the bench because he was becoming a liability out there he couldn't do shit Against on either end against Carl Anthony Towns. Towns had 29-13-3 after his horrible game in the play-in. Carl Anthony Towns and Adams twisted. He, he ended the game with zero points in 24 minutes. Jaron Jackson managed 12 points in the other 24. I would call that not a particularly effective performance from the front, front court of Memphis. Also... I don't think anybody saw how much Jaw was gonna get into the paint. In a playoff game, he went bananas. This game was about them, Jaw and Ant. Jaw, of course, held up his end of the bargain, thirty-two, four, and eight. And in the beginning, in the first half, nineteen in the first half. Ant though, Ant stole the show. And let me tell you, it is never—I've never seen Jaw get upstaged by someone. Ant was everywhere. Like the ant man. Him and the wasp just doing things. Especially in the second half. Thirty-six, two and six, and only two turnovers. I'm I'm pretty convinced. I'm pretty convinced now. Ant Edwards, who has grown three inches since his rookie year, he's now six five, six, six. He was six three when he got into the league. I am convinced now that he might be Michael Jordan. I am he was unstoppable. I don't know how you guard that. He's like a thicker football version, like a 2022 Michael Jordan. I saw him hit, mo- hit shots after one, after the other, clutch shot, big bucket, off the dribble, Euro stepping, pull-ups, putbacks, catch and shoots, weight shifts, huge threes, growls, just wanted it every step of the way. We came for jaw, and our jaws were on the floor for Aunt Edwards. He is the third youngest player to score 35 in a playoff game, and it was his first ever playoff game. He told the world, just wait till you see me in the playoffs. I'm going to be something else, and he is something else. I think he's unguardable. He's just so big. He's so he, he's just thick and big and strong. I think he's going to win an MVP or two. I am so in on the ant train mostly also because of his personality. He said this after the game. I think it's very important to play at my best because they hide me during the regular season. <laughs> There's no national TV games for us, so people don't really get to see me play I have an, unless I have an enormous game where I score 40-something or I hit a game-winning shot or I have a huge dunk and they see it all on Twitter. I feel like games like this, I have to take advantage because it's the only time I get to be on TV. So, I get to showcase my talent and everything I do. I promise you, Aunt, you'll be on TV more next year. And then he said, which might be my favorite quote of the year I want the world to know I'm a great person. I'm always smiling, trying to light up the room, and I want to see everyone be successful. Tip of the cap to Aunt, because as great as Michael Jordan was, that quote would never be uttered out of his mouth. I don't care if you think I'm a good person or not. I am the best player on the fucking planet ever. All right, so that's, those are the two series we're going to get the most in-depth in. Let's just kind of quickly skim over because the other ones were not nearly as good. Let's go. More T. In the Bucks series with Chicago, got shockingly close down the stretch. Bucks ended up pulling it out. Giannis probably deserved to be fouled out. There were some very suspect no-calls. And for those who remember, the OT game last year between the Miami Heat and the the Milwaukee Bucks, it felt like, oh, boy, Miami could win this series. Like, man, it came all the way down the wire. Miami lost in OT, and they gave them their best shot, and then it was night-night, sleep-mask the rest of the way, get your broom out. And that, to me, is kind of how this series feels right now. The Heat, just like now the Chicago Bulls have shot every bullet and ultimately will fall short in my opinion. They did only shoot 36% the bulls. They probably will sh- shoot better, but boy did it feel like the heat series to me. Speaking of the heat, 1-8 matchup between Miami and Atlanta, wow. A shellacking. Like never was close. Things also got chippy between my man Trey Young and Jimmy Butler. Trey Young acted like he was going to beat Jimmy's ass, which was like super funny. A kerfuffle. They had to be separated. Heat held Trey to one for 12, zero for seven from three. His worst game of the year by far, eight points. My man, Kevin Knox. Kevin Knox, do you remember that name? Probably not. The only reason you might know him is because he went viral because NBA scouts were asking him if he had babies that he didn't know about pre draft. It's not a joke. He outscored Trey in this game. He was the one that was part of the Cam Reddish trade. The Knicks just threw him in. No, he had more points than Trey Young. Ten points. Trey, as usual, though, remains confident. In the Warriors series with the Nuggets, I mean, it's going to be... It's not the plan anymore, Trey. Like, you guys aren't good right now. You've got no Clint Capella. I mean, it's just its a wrap for you. Anyway, Warriors series, we move on. Versus the Nuggets... We got to see a Jordan Poole elevating to a place that we have not seen him. We got to see an Andrew Wiggins that was, how would I put it, better than him, him, his normal performances in the playoff. Playing off ball, catching shooting, Steph Curry largely neutralized due to his injury, and Jordan Poole came to the pool party. So that's going to be an interesting one. we got to see how Jokic responds. Draymond expects a huge performance out of him because I don't think he's going to go down without a fight. Also, like I said, possible Jamal Murray sighting. They're going to need to get him shaped up mentally because he's ready to go. Apparently, he's physically able to go. As soon as his mental is ready, he can play. Yeah, that's new news. That's new news. Also, moving forward, between the Sixers and the Raptors, Joel Embiid, dirty play, I think. I'm pretty sure. Scotty Barnes twisted his ankle. And what happened? Joel Embiid then put his foot and stomped it on top of the twist. I watched it. it I mean, seven feet tall, 300 pounds. On a twist. They say uncertain timetable, but you got to feel like he's in a boot right now. Boot life It's not, it's not good. Gary Trent also sick tonight. Probably means a tough... Game two for Toronto. They got to get back to Canada quick because this thing has gotten out of hand a lot faster than I possibly thought. They're still at home. Sixers still have a chance to blow it. James Harden didn't look that great. Tyrese Maxey did. There's now think pieces being written about him, so you can tell he went off. Jazz versus Maverick series, the thing that was interesting to me, Donovan Mitchell decided he's no longer shooting threes. He's only slashing the basket. I, I saw him pass up 10 threes. Because he's just, when he goes cold, boy, it really does erode his confidence when he doesn't shoot well. Also, he is remaining committed to the bit. Remaining committed to the bit, regardless of where, when, how, playoff moments, high leverage. He's not passing to Rudy Gobert. One pass to Rudy Gobert in 37 passes that he had that game. So fuck Rudy Gobert. Operation fuck Rudy Gobert is still fully in effect He even said some very shady things about him uh, when they asked him about DPOY. Let me find that really fast for you. They asked him, hey, what do you think about him being a finalist for Defensive Player of the Year? He goes, this is something he's been doing since I got here. Nice little comment. He's a guy that protects the rim. Great. Defensively. (laughs) I think he's going to win it. I think we all believe that. I think he believes that. I think that's the biggest thing is he's showing it. Like last game, I think he was the epitome of who he is. What did he have? Like one, two shots last game? (laughs) You don't pass him the ball. You're the point guard, shooting guard. You don't pass him the ball. What do you mean he only gets one, two shots? He's probably getting putbacks. Oh, my God. He was one of the most impactful players in the game for us defensively. Oh, my God, remaining committed to the bit. It's going to be a very interesting series. Luka's going to need to come back. And and Jalen Brunson, my Lord, if you're not watching his footwork, if you're not watching him get to the rim, spin around on his pivot foot, make plays to Reggie Bullock in the corner, like Maxi Clayboy hitting, that that game was low-key very good. And what does it say that it's a great game when the like top seven player in the NBA is not in it? And it comes down to the wire. It says the Jazz aren't that good. That's what it says to me. Suns made light work of the Pels. But man, was Chris Paul everything that we want from him. He said, the craziest thing, he said at halftime he ran into Jamal Crawford, who was just there at the game. He's retired now, by the way. Jay Crossover. He's retired. Sad. And Jamal said, shoot the ball, Chris. What are you doing? Like, you're playmaking, you're defending, but like, can you just shoot the ball? Fourth quarter, he has how many points? 17 points in the fourth quarter. He hit the first 15 points of the of that quarter. Pep talk. That little pep talk did him well. And I think it also shows how impactful he can be everywhere when he wants to be. Man, Aiton was electric. That That's going to be an easy little light work Pelican series there. The Pelicans look shook from <laughs> moment one. Moment one. All right, let's move on. Finally, it's our Monday winning time recap. God, that show's good. This has got spoiler alerts. If you haven't watched the show, watch it. Or if you don't want to watch the show because you're too broke to have HBO, we're just going to give it to you now. First and foremost, imagine amazing cinematography, amazing sort of a a gritty background, like not quite sepia at times. What would I call it? It's definitely, like, more dull. Like, the, the way that the camera is showing the footage, it's, like, feels like old film. The way they kind of go back before, between, like, documentary style, like, shooting and, like, really, like, a movie shooting is phenomenal. The sound, the music, tremendous. The acting, of course. Some of these guys I've never seen before play any of these roles. One guy, the guy that's playing Kareem, was, like, a professor And had never acted before. But he's just like Kareem height, so they picked him out. So I found him. They just you're Kareem Height, you play basketball. Like come so I mean he's been the star of the show. He's stealing scenes too. The show gets better every week. This week, enter the antagonist for the season. Mr. Hick Larry Joe Bird. Mr. I chew tobacco while I hoop. Mr. (laughs) the Hick from French Lick. He makes his appearance. As Magic gets to the guard in Boston for his very first professional game ever against Larry and the Celtics. Wasn't exactly true to history, but the matchup was. It did not disappoint this episode. Background drama centered around Jack McKinney, who we talked about. Bike accident. A night-night sleep mask for a while. I think he was out for weeks in the coma. I don't mean to make light of it, but that's what happened. It's in the past. It was a long time ago. He's fine now. I think he's dead, actually. Yeah. But you see. <laughs> He he was, he was fine. He was fine. He ended up being fine. He lived a very long life. Lakers turn the team over to former Shakespeare teacher and assistant coach Paul Westhead, who was his assistant coach. He brought over, and he immediately hires Pat Riley, who was an announcer for the Lakers, and he pulls him off the broadcast. They make Chick Hearn look like a total asshole. Like a, they make him look like a racist, a misogynist. They make him look. I mean, isn't he revered? I'm pretty sure like Chick Hearn has a street outside of crypto. Chick Hearn way. Beloved man. They make him out. I think he's dead too, right? Is he dead? I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure he's dead. But they did not do him any favors. They should have only done the dead people dirty. Like, they do Jerry West so wrong in here, and he's very much alive. I can tell you, very much alive. So anyway, (laughs) others whispering in Jerry Buss's ear to fire McKinney, who's hospitalized at that moment. There's a cute little game that they played of Monopoly, where McKinney kicked Jerry Buss's ass and Monopoly coming fresh out of a stroke, and that was the reason he was, like, reticent about firing him, which is crazy. McKinney's job, though, in this episode depends on Westfall winning a game in Boston. He was like, that's the barometer of whether we're a good team. And, wow, did they ever capture the essence of the Garden. Rats. Like, great, the garden just a shithole. Like, creepy, spooky tone. They even had uh, Norm Nixon describe it, like, while they were at Magic's house before the game. Like, they spent Christmas at Magic's, and he was like, you can hear the sound of leprechauns in the back. And, and it's actually true. They actually did shit. Fans did shit on Bill Russell's bed after he was drafted. That's a real story. He was theirs. He was their player, and they shit on his bed. And just like the home cooking, the Riders did play fast and loose. Magic in real life beat Bird in the form uh, in the forum earlier in that season, but the first game in the Garden actually was pretty factually true. A lot of physicality. The Lakers pulling off a last second win. Refs just calling nothing. And and then the interesting storyline, which I'm not sure how much of it was true, was how Magic was affected by white fans and the white, largely white media favoring Larry Bird over him because he was used to listen I beat his ass in college like we're both here I am me he is this hick like why are you guys treating him like Jesus and that became the 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 moment and the cornerstone that got Kareem and Magic like enmeshed and bonded where he was like yes like they're not going to treat you like Larry Bird I'm not sure if you know this, but racism is a thing. And just continue to beat his ass, beat his ass more. And I promise you, they still will speak highly of him. But when they're not speaking of you, they know that you're better. So that was really, really interesting. And this show, too, creates tension in a way. I mean, we know how it ends. They got a title that year. We know. You could just go on Wikipedia Look and see, 1979, 1980, title. You can see which games they won. You can see who won rookie of the year. You can see all that shit. You can see the MVPs. But no, the tension. You would think Jerry Buss was going to lose the team. I know the Buss family still owns it right to this day. I talk about it on the show all the time, way more than I want to. But you would be thinking that he was going to, he was saddled in debt. He's trying to pull accounting maneuvers to find a way to depreciate his own players so that the value of the team, all kinds of tricky little accounting math school in order for him to not lose the Lakers. And yet, I was on the edge of my seat. The tension, the drama, the intensity. How can you create so much intensity when I already know the result? It's tremendous. Go watch the show. Don't be broke. I think like... (laughs) Hey, you can find a crack stream of HBO Max winning time. I don't know. Find, hit up a friend. Text your friend. See if anybody has HBO Max. Hit me up in the DMs. I'll give you my login. <laughs> Actually, I'll give you the person's login who gave me the login. How about that? Just make sure you click my profile, not theirs. Good stuff. Maybe the best drama on TV right now. You need to go watch it, and we will be back soon. We have more playoff stuff to preview, but that is all the time that we have right now for the heat check. We'll be back on Wednesday. Uh, Most likely, as long as these allergies don't feel like COVID. So follow the Heat Check, please, uh, as we prepare and continue the playoffs. Do not forget to download and subscribe to this podcast wherever you find them. Please tell your friends. Somebody told me they listen to this podcast on loudspeaker at their construction site. And they make other people listen. That is what we call One Team, One Dream. If you have other ways to spread the word, maybe you run a maybe you drive a school bus. The kids, it's a kid show. It's a kid show. The kids on TikTok love this. All right, follow us speaking of TikTok, follow us on social at this heat check and at to connect on TikTok.